Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. I'm convinced that living a life with Jesus is the best way to live. And when we submit to Him, our lives are better in each and every area of our life. Now on week one, we looked at the impact God can have on our lives when we begin, well, or even a new year, with really proper priorities. When we put the big rocks in first. Remember, I had those two little buckets and... I put in all the sand in first, and then I put the big rocks in, and I couldn't close the lid. But when you put the big rocks, or you put the big things in first into your life, then you put in all the sand, it fits into all the little voids. And all of a sudden, you can put the lid on. See, there's a reason for sequence. If I take the cake mix and throw it in the oven without mixing it all up with the eggs and everything else, I'm telling you, I'll have a nice fire, but I won't have cake. Sequence matters. And last week, we looked at relationships. We saw that kindness is one of the biggest contributors to a healthy relationship just by being kind and just being thoughtful. We learn about being honorable to one another and open and honest in our communication. Listen to those other messages. In those extreme cases, though, when in relationship, because there's so much to cover. You can't just cover in one sermon. I hope you guys all know that. But there are extreme relationships where the person just isn't healthy. They're not emotionally healthy. They're not mentally healthy. And and the Bible talks about people who are really divisive, that, that you're to avoid them. Now, we attempt, but if we've done all that we can do, there's a point in time where the best thing is to get away from the relationship. Now, if you start off with getting away from the relationship, you're avoiding Matthew 18. But if you've tried, and you just see that repetition, you know, shampoo, rinse, repeat, then maybe the Lord's guiding you to say, stop, get off this merry-go-round. Amen? So today, we're going to look at choices. Next week, we're going to talk about testimony. But today, we're going to look at choices and how important choices are to us. Dave Graves sent me a a text message last week. I think he also sent it to you, Rick. And it read this way. It's a really, really powerful letter. It comes off and it starts off by saying, I destroy homes. Tear families apart. Take your children. And that's just the start. I'm more costly than diamonds. More costly than gold. The sorrow I bring is a sight to behold. And if you need me, remember, I'm easily found. I live all around you in schools and in town. I live with the rich. I live with the poor. I live down the street and maybe next door. My power is awesome. Try me. (laughs) You'll see. But if you do, you may never break free. 
Just try me once and I might let you go. Try me twice and I'll own your soul. When I possess you, you'll steal and you'll lie. You'll do what you have to just get high. The crimes you'll commit for your narcotic charms will be worth the pleasure you'll feel in your arms. You'll lie to your mother. You'll steal from your dad. And when you see their tears, you should feel sad. But you'll forget your morals and how you were raised. I'll be your conscience. I'll teach you my ways. I take kids from parents and parents from kids. I turn people from God and separate from friends. I'll take everything from you, your looks, your pride, I'll be with you always right by your side. You'll give up everything, your family, your home, your friends, your money, and then you'll be alone. I'll take, I'll take till you have nothing more to give. And when I'm finished with you, you'll be lucky to live. If you try me, be warned, this is no game. If given the chance, I'll drive you insane. I've ravished your body. I'll control your mind. I'll own you completely. Your soul will be mine. The nightmares I'll give you while lying in bed. The voices you'll hear inside of your head. The sweats, the shakes, the visions you'll see. I want you to know these are all gifts from me. But then it's too late. You'll know in your heart that you are mine and we shall not part. You'll regret that you tried me. They always do. But you came to me, not I to you. You knew this would happen many times you were told. But you challenged my power and chose to be bold. You could have said no and just walked away. If you could live that day over now, oh, what would you say? I'll be your master. You will be my slave. I'll even go with you when you go to your grave. Now that you have met me, what will you do? Will you try me or not? It's all up to you. I can bring you more misery than words can tell. Oh, come take my hand. And let me lead you right to hell. Signed, drugs. That could be any life-controlling issue, though, couldn't it? See, without proper divine wisdom, all of us run the risk of allowing toxic things, life-controlling issues into our hearts and into our minds. And when I say toxic, what I mean is any choice that leads us to a poisonous outcome that can lead to our harm, to sickness, or even to death. Folks, catch me on this. Our arrogance can so lie to us that we would think this kind of message is for somebody else, but not us. But go, Pastor, go. Preach it and preach it. Maybe you don't do drugs. Maybe you don't have a problem with alcohol. 
But what is there inside your life or in mine that God says, that's toxic because it separates you from me? It could be unforgiveness. It could be anything that's controlling your life and your relationship with Him and with others. I want us to look at Matthew chapter 25. We're all pretty familiar with it, but I think it meets us at the word of arrogance that's so important that sometimes, have you ever noticed, you know, maybe you've seen some boxers or you've seen competing forces and whatever it might be, and you'll notice that there's this tremendous arrogance and they're not willing to see their natural weakness because of their arrogance. And sometimes it really costs them. And we're going to see that in this text. Verse 31, But when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit upon His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in His presence. And He will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll place the sheep at His right and the goats at His left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and, and, and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or, or naked and, and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me then the king will turn to those on the left and say away with you you cursed ones into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons for i was hungry and you didn't feed me i was thirsty you didn't give me a drink i was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home i was naked and you didn't give me clothing i was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me then they will reply Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Let's be careful of arrogance and selfishness. It will blind us from what's in front of us. Those opportunities, those things that God is trying to show us to be a part of. And sometimes we will think, I'm bigger than that. I'm too good for that. These don't deserve this. These don't deserve that. It's our arrogance our selfishness and we will choose wrong may we take the lord's warning seriously 
Or we may believe our own lies and risk becoming a goat, just like in this parable. Better choices really do begin with the fear of the Lord. And in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Haven't you ever noticed that? Have you ever seen somebody get so excited about wanting to go do something? Uh, yeah, I remember being a kid. How about you remember being a kid? And, and you get to do something that's kind of adventurous, maybe ride a small little motorcycle or mini bike for the first time. And, and they're saying, stop, listen, listen. You just get so excited. You're, you're kind of foolish at the moment. Don't do this because you're going to burn your, your calf. You're going to rub on the tire. You're going to watch this, watch that. Don't do this because this is going to happen. And before you know it, you're, you're going up on, the, on a wheelie and that bike's all laying on top of you. You see, it's foolishness that I don't want to listen to instruction. I just want to, you remember hearing this as a, out of a two and three year old? I do it myself. I do it myself. We, we need to be careful because the truth is, is we need the fear of the Lord in us because we will make better choices when we get the instruction from the Lord. It says in verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The author tells us that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. And folks, it might be better to understand the fear of God. We think, wait a minute, we're, God's supposed to love us. We're supposed to love God. Why are we supposed to be afraid of Him? I think if we better use the words reverence and respect over fear, we would understand it in its true context. Reverence and fear and respect. So here's some good news about the fear of the Lord. Let's look at Psalm 25 at verse 12. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. There's a promise I want. Who are those who fear God? If you fear, guess what? I'm going to help you choose in your choices. I'm going to give you instruction. If you're putting God first, the big rocks in first, He's going to say, I got an idea here for you, Marv. Why don't you listen? Turn a little bit to the right. There you go. Now go straight. A little bit more to the left. A little bit more to the left. Now go straight. And before you know it, I'm on the perfect path. Because I'm listening to Him, and He'll help me choose the way. What an incredible promise. Now here's another warning. This warning is important. You might want to write it down. You've probably heard it once or twice before. Just because I can doesn't mean I should. How many of you learned that one the hard way? You know, Mama and Grandma always said, "Don't if they all jumped off the cliff or jumped off the bridge, would you? Well, just because I can doesn't mean that I should. We've been given uh, this portion of authority to make choices, to make decisions for our lives. And they will affect us, and in some cases affect us for a lifetime. But here's the other one. Do you know your choices also affect others? Hey, man of God, have you ever made a choice and it hurt the family? And you went, I wish I hadn't done that. But I was so convinced I was right. I wish I would have prayed about it more. 
It's funny. I'm reminded of this, of this joke about a, a priest and a rabbi. And they're from local parishes, and they're literally, you know, the, the synagogue's over there, and the Catholic church is on this side of the street. And they were standing on the opposite side of the road, and they were both holding up signs. One sign said, the end is near. And the other ones had a sign that says, turn before it's too late. And they were there, and they were putting their signs for, for all the cars. And here comes the first car to come by. And the guy screams out, you freaks! And then the next car came by and says, get a job! And next thing you hear is a screeching of the tires. And then you hear this big splash. And then you hear the screech of another set of tires. And then you hear another big crash and splash. And the rabbi looked over at the priest and said, do you think we should have used different signs? And the priest responded, yeah. Maybe he should have said bridge out, use detour. <laughs> now, and then we giggle at that, at that joke, but the truth is, although these religious leaders meant well, they really did choose poorly as to what to put on their signs. Folks, our choices as well can and do affect other people, even if we don't know them. It's important to realize that just because you can doesn't mean you should. Paul wrote it like this. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, he said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. In another version, beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Now, the context of what's going on here is Paul is talking to the Corinth church and the, the people were saying, hey, they were taking advantage and, and saying, hey, I'm going to take you to court and I'm going to take advantage of you in court. And they were doing it. And then they were getting sexually immoral and taking advantage. And they were saying, hey, hey, we have our rights. It's legal. This is all OK. We have our liberties. And Paul, his point is that liberty has its limitations. Paul was saying that those kinds of choices are at odds with the Christian life. And no amount of Christian liberty can excuse those kind of choices. James described it this way in James chapter 4, verse 17. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do, and then not do it. Folks, how are we choosing to do things? Our choices matter. What choices have you made in the last year, maybe a lifetime ago, that if you were given a second chance, you would do it differently? When you spend time with God alone, you alone grow in Him. There's a story about a guy... Uh, who really want to play the guitar, but uh, according to the King James, he stinketh at it. And one day he was in the park and he was playing and this guy walked by and says, you trying to learn the guitar? And he says, yeah. He says, could I? 
sure. And the guy grabbed the guitar, and the first thing he did is he tuned it up for him. It was completely out of tune. And the next thing he did, he started playing it. And then he started playing riffs. And then he started picking. This guy was a master at the guitar. He says, uh, I got a studio just around the corner. Why don't you come every day? I'll, I'll put out a half hour, an hour, and I'll, and I'll teach you things. Do you know, as time went on, six months later, ten months later, this guy became really good at the guitar. His buddies found him, and they, they said, hey, let's go play. He says, yeah, 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 sure. And so they all got together to play in somebody's garage, and he pulled out his guitar, and he tuned it up just like the master. And then he started to warm up. And then he started hitting a riff. Then he started to pick. And the rest of the guys all stopped. Even the drummer stopped, and they go, what, whoa, 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 what? Where'd you learn that? He says, oh, I've just been practicing. And, he, and everyone in the room goes, in the garage says, stop it. You didn't learn that off YouTube. You learn from a master. You see, when you daily spend time with the master, somebody's going to look at you right in the eye and say, you have your master's eyes. You play like your master. You, you listen like your master. You talk like your master. You make choices like your master. If you want to make wise choices, you have to spend time with the Father, I pray for your people today. I pray we would have a desire to be with the master. That we would make right choices, whether it's from the near future or far out. That it would impact, Father, for the kingdom of God, those things you want impacted. And Lord, we would give you all the praise. We'll give you all the glory. Lord, help us to be convicted but not condemned that we would make right choices, not only for our sake and for those we love, but for the sake of the kingdom. And we ask this in the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus, and we all say, Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.